I'll see it right here. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And then it's hard to eat regular chocolate? like chocolate after that. Yeah, keto milk chocolate, peanut butter cups. Oh, my goodness. Those are amazing because they're like the dark oh, chocolate. Is. Really good. I put those in my freezer so that when oh. I eat them, I, I eat them slower because they're kind of like hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what do what they have in it for the – listen to you. You're terrible. <laughs> I caught that. You're terrible. Yeah, I caught uh, that. All right, so what's happening with you? What's the latest? Let's talk. What, how, how are you doing what you're doing today? You, I was uh, fortunate enough to see you in Mexico, and I kind of heard your yeah. story, which uh, was amazing. You know, we were, like, hanging out before I even knew who you were, which was fun, too. So yeah. can you tell us a bit about your story and how you got to where you are? Boy, that's a that's a long story. Um, born in Detroit. Um, parents got divorced when I was eight. Moved to Georgia with my mom in second grade. From sixth grade to my senior year of high school, I moved six different times between Atlanta and Detroit. I went to 12 schools. I went to the six different high schools. Uh, after right. that, went in the Air Force. Yeah, I went after that, went in the Air Force, came home uh, back to Georgia and was there for about 35 years. You know, in the process, um, one of the big transformational moments in my life was giving my life to Christ in August of 93. That's really where I started to learn the concept of vision. And writing goals down and writing vision down and, and, and those kind of things. And uh, grew a youth ministry from five kids to several hundred. I had one of the top youth ministries in the country, um, which, which afforded me the opportunity to speak on some big stages. Um, one was my very first stage. I spoke behind John Maxwell, uh, which I swore I would never do again until my conference last year when, guess what I had to do? I let John open up and I spoke behind John again. And uh, if you've ever heard John Maxwell, he kind of sucks the oxygen out of the room. Uh, so this yeah. year I told John, I said, I'm not doing that again. Uh, but yeah, so did that. And um, But then you did it. So what happened? It was good. It was good. You know how it is. I mean, it's just, I mean I've, I pastored for so long. I've been on so many stages and so many different size audiences. Um, John's amazing. He's a dear friend for 20 years. Um, you know, an amazing, amazing conference. So we... Uh, yeah, so two and a half, three years ago, I'm in the middle of doing real estate. I had stepped out of being in full-time vocational ministry. I met a dude named Grant Cardone um, at a 10X boot camp in Miami. I'd never heard of Grant, didn't know who he was until about two weeks before that, and met Grant. Um, I was in the middle of a $3 million commercial deal. I've got one of the things I do is my real estate business, and I was in the middle of the largest deal ever. Three million bucks. I represented the the buyers. The sellers were unrepresented. He was a seventy plus year old Chinese guy who didn't speak English, or at least he didn't let on that he spoke English. And so he had no agent, no representation. We had to deal with his grad student daughter um, out of Atlanta. And uh, the Monday before my first mentorship call with Grant on Monday night, uh, the the purchase price was three million. Our appraisal came in at two point six two five million. So if any of your listeners are out there, they're, they're, they know real estate. They're like, damn, that ain't good. And no, it wasn't because I thought yeah. my deal was dead. And that was a $78,750 commission for me. And um, so deal's dead. And um, I hop on a call that night with Grant for our first ever mentorship. And he's, you know, he's the, 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 the quintessential Grant Cardone, energy, energy, energy mentorship. And he's going to town and he's like, you need to come to Miami and be a part of my 10X boot camp on Friday. Like literally like three days from then. And I'm there and I'm like, I already spent a thousand to be in this mentorship. What the heck? 
I, I literally sat there, Angie, and I told myself, I said, it's only four or five thousand more dollars. Let's just do it and see what happens. What's the worst could happen? And up to that point that year, I'd made about 10, 12 grand a month. And I was working literally about 15 hours a week. I've been doing real estate so long. I know I knew everybody in the area I'm from in Northeast Georgia, just about 30 miles from Atlanta. And I mean, I didn't have to advertise or anything. I just had enough business to make 10, 15 grand a month. And I was literally working no more than 15 hours a week. And I was bored to death. And uh, yeah. so I met Grant and uh, I signed up to go to 10X boot camp. And I show up on Friday and at the end of the day, I'm looking around going, oh my God, where has this been in my whole life? It was an unbelievable experience. And Saturday morning, I walk into a, uh, I walk into a meeting about becoming a Cardone licensee and I run into Grant and we spent five minutes talking and then they rush him off, rush him off to get on stage for an hour. And then after that, we had a private Q and a session. And I walk in and I grab the mic, man, because this is Mr. Commercial Real Estate. And I've got a $3 million deal. And I pitched the deal to him in that Q&A with 20 or 30 people. And uh, he calls me preacher. He still calls me preacher. So in that five-minute conversation, he asked me what I had done in the past. And uh, he just leaned across the table and he said, Ken, buy the building. And he said, if you if your client overpays for the building today, when someone buys it from him, they'll overpay for it from him. I was like, okay. So I get done that day and I call Steve. He's an African businessman, pastor, friend of mine. And I said, Hey, Steve, I'm down here in Miami with this guy named Grant Cardone at this thing called 10X Bootcamp. And he goes, Oh, I love Grant Cardone. I've got money invested in Cardone Capital. I said, Well, fantastic. Let me tell you what he told us to do. And so he said, Well, how are you going to do it? I said, I'm going to fly home. I'm going to meet with the seller and I'm going to negotiate a seller held second for the 375000 that we were short. I did. We closed on Wednesday. I made $78,750. I made $129,000 the last eight weeks of 2019. Became a Cardinal licensee, started GSD, and it's been it's been a rocket ship ride for two and a half, for almost three years. So it's been, wow. it's been amazing. Yeah. And you've uh, put out a few books in the meantime? Yeah. So yeah, I wrote a book. Um, I wrote a book. It was funny. The book actually came out of, it's called As the Leader Grows which is also yeah. my podcast. So if you're watching on online, you can see that as the leader grows. So it's my, that's my podcast link. That's my podcast. We have, it's also the same name, my book in, um, in September, no, it was April of 20 of 99 or 2000. Um, I spoke for one of my mentors, Ron at a huge event in front of about 9,000 uh, youth pastors and church leaders in Michigan behind John Maxwell again. And then, Oh, it's huge, huge, biggest crowd I've ever been in front of. And then, you know, what's crazy. And I'll, I'll throw this out as a tidbit for people. Um, the year before that they had had, um, was the first stadium domed event that Ron did. And they did it at the silver dome, both years were at the silver dome. Um, the first year, I think they had 74, 75,000 people there. And so Ron came in between the two years and spoke at my, I had a national youth leadership conference, about 400 um, student pastors and youth leaders from 18 different States came into my conference. And, um, Ron was one of the guys that came and spoke. He was a mentor at the time. And I asked him, I said, dude, what was it like standing on a stage in front of 75,000 people? And this is what he told me. I'll never forget it. We were sitting in the drive through at the bank. I was going to get some money out of the ATM machine back when you had to get ATM machine money. Right. Yeah. And um, he looked, he looked at me and he said, Ken, I had replayed that moment in my mind so many times. That when I stepped out on that stage, it felt like I had been doing it my entire life. And it really was the first time I'd heard anybody talk about the power of mindset. 
So the next year, Ron invites me. I come speak. I'm behind John and, and in front of one of my mentors. We get done. My mentor says, um, she goes, hey, can we go to lunch tomorrow? I said, sure. And so Jeannie takes me to lunch. She was she she was a youth pastor of the largest youth ministry in America, about 1,200 kids in her youth ministry. It was huge. And uh, about 125, 150 master's commission students, which were like college-age kids that were doing a, a nine-month program they call Master Commission. And um, we sit down and and uh, I was 32 at the time, 33. And I thought I hung, I mean, I'm speaking behind John Maxwell. I'm, you know, I'm young. I'm on this big stage. And she looks me in the eye. She goes, I'm going to ask the most, imp- I'm going to ask you the most important question of your life. And I'm like, okay. She said, do you want to be significant or do you want to be successful? Because they're two vastly different things. And she just began to share with me how significant leaders build other people around them so they can win ultimately leaning into my favorite Zig Ziglar quote, if I help enough people get what they want, eventually I'm going to get what I want and how people who chase success use other people around them. So they themselves can win and they always leave a trail of damage in that process. And so that was my journey 23 years ago um, on significance over success. And so that's what my, that's what my first book is. I'm working on another book now, Um, but that's my first book that we published last year and hit, Number one in on Amazon in four different categories, I believe. So, yeah, yeah, it was a good book. I read it as part of Seventy Five Hard. I'm like, you know, partly because of the uh, inscription in the in the front. I was like, I guess I should read this book um, when we were at the <laughs> conference. I, uh-huh. <laughs> I, I called you by the wrong name, and so you signed it by the wrong name on the. I did. The I did. Was it Dave? Was that what it was? Was it Dave? It was did you Dave. call me Dave yeah. or something? See, I remember yeah. that. And I signed yeah, it day. I have blue hair. And I'm like, no, it's purple hair. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm colorblind. That's a, that's a, that's a little different. Uh, but yeah, so that's it. So yeah, so <laughs> well, I'm really bad at names. Not that that makes it better. Uh, yeah. No, I see that. I know you are. But it's a good thing my name's on the screen right here, so you know who I am now. <laughs> well, well, I think I know you by now. It's been it's been a few yeah. months. We we, we yeah. yeah, we know each other now. Yeah. But, yeah so anyway, um, so we that did was the book. Awesome. So yeah, I read your I read your book as part of 75 Hard. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So just talking about just really helping, just really helping people. I think in this, in this Instagram world we live in so much bullshit out there and so much flexing and blah, blah, blah. It's so much stuff that happens. It's like, you know, I I really wanted to really bring that message of significant leaders and how, because this is the difference. Fulfillment doesn't come from the number of zeros or commas you have in your bank account. And when you chase success, you're chasing that number. Like when, like you feel like when you lay your head on the pillow at the end of the day at nighttime, that that's going to give you this level of fulfillment. And it doesn't. All it leaves you is empty and wanting more. There's nothing wrong with having all that stuff. And I've got some very successful, wealthy, wealthy friends. One of my guys in my mastermind. Uh, had 11 of his companies successfully acquired by Warren Buffett for $8 billion. My last mastermind, he flew his Gulfstream down on a Monday from Omaha, where he actually had dinner with Warren on Sunday night before my mastermind. And so, I mean, I'm around some very wealthy and, and people that crush it in business, but they're as amazing and significant human beings as they are entrepreneurs and business owners. He's literally calling me on my cell phone right now. <laughs> Vic just called me. How, how funny is that? I mentioned his name and he calls me, he calls me right in the middle of our podcast. 
Um, that's but a, really, that's some intuition. I, that's some connected. That's crazy yeah. right there, isn't it? So, you know, I think the thing yeah. is, is, is just helping people know the difference and understand the difference between significance and success. I love that because in my business and, and you know, we're, I think we're a part of a lot mm-hmm. of the similar masterminds and whatnot, but they're always, you know, promote your success. And for that is the fancy cars, the Rolexes, the yeah, this, yeah. that. That's how you show you're successful. But in my line of business, that's really poor taste. Like, you know, if, if mm-hmm. I'm acquiring that sort of stuff off of the kind of business that I'm doing, it doesn't work for me. So for me, I'm always more about the, the impact and creating uh, success or showcasing it in a different way. Yeah. I mean, for you, it's for you and for me, it's the, because we, we have a very same, we have a very similar spirit is I just want to help people become the best version of themselves. Like I'm super passionate about helping leaders build confidence, gain clarity and create community. That's what I do. Like that's what I'm born to do. You walk through a season that you walk through. So now you can help other people get out of that season of addiction quicker than they would or even unable to be able to do it on their own. So really your, you know, your Lamborghini, if you will, is a, is a changed life. And you go, this is Craig. This is Chris. This is Christina. This is Josie. Like these are the people that I've helped overcome addiction. And now they're making a positive impact in the world. That, that is when you lay your head down on the pillow at nighttime and you're like, Yes, that's how you live a day. I literally got goosebumps. Like that is how you live a day. It's not about the cars and the watches and the and the planes. And it's, those things are are great. I've got a Brightling. I drive a Range Rover. Those things are fantastic. I've got a new home. It, but it's but you'll never see my watch or my Range Rover on my Instagram ever. Let me tell you what. Let me tell you what Vic said. On and this is for some of you guys in your audience. This this blew me away when he spoke. He made every, he made me, he made my videographers turn the cameras off because he said, I'm going to share some things I've learned from Warren Buffett. Not only did he sell to Warren, but he served as Warren's CEO for Berkshire Hathaway Automotives for three years, an $11 billion a year company. He was a CEO, 11 billion a year. And he made us turn cameras off. That's just an unfathomable amount of money. Oh, I was sitting there and I was like, oh my gosh. And this is what he said. He said, rich is loud and wealth is quiet. Mm. Rich is loud and wealth is quiet. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And I mean, here's a guy who's friends with uh, Stephen and Jerry Jones that own the Cowboys. You name the country artist. He's he's friends because he owns Christensen Arms, which is the largest sporting rifle company, number one in the country. That's one of the companies that he owns now. And so he's friends with everybody. I mean, everybody, all every celebrity, Tony Romo that played for the case, friends with everybody. And for him to say that, 